Hey everybody, this is Mark Thompson and I'm so delighted to be serving you today with another incredible podcast for the Chief Executive Summit Series. I've had the pleasure of knowing so many extraordinary chief executives and those who've aspired to create impact in the world. And General Gail Pollack is one who is truly extraordinary. She's been a Fortune 50 CEO for a healthcare company. She's had the opportunity to lead the Army as its chief medical officer. She comes from the most horrendous and difficult of family circumstances that have led to her overcoming those childhood strains and attain amazing success. You got to hear this story about her feeling under threat almost every day growing up in her household. When I was little, it was, you know, fists and belts. Um, By the time I was a teenager, it was knives and guns. Um, I was about 11 when I started saying, no, this is not acceptable. It's very, very scary, but men shouldn't hit women. And so finally one night I got out of bed when they were in the middle of one of his tears and I stood in front of him and said, stop, men don't hit women, you leave her alone. And much to my surprise, he stopped. And think about how empowering that is for a little kid. So then I was, I was the boss in the house. From that day on, what I said went. So I became the adult. Um, but there were still days when, you know, when somebody's coming at you with a 14-inch blade or sits across the table from you and says that they're going to blow your head off. And, you know, they, it was a little stressful. <laughs> it was a little stressful. But, you know, I got out of there. But that was really my first exposure to the Army because we lived about 15 minutes from Fort Monmouth in New Jersey. And as odd as my father was, he would invite soldiers that were living away from home home for Sunday dinners because my mom was a fabulous cook. Now, I have no idea what these poor young men thought when they saw the Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde routine that he would go through. But, you know, they'd come home and have dinner. And one of them was older. He was in his mid-20s. And it was, you know, I was in the starting to confront phase, but I was really frightened. So I told him, I said, Robin, I'm really scared. I don't think I'm going to live to get out of here. And he listened to me and he said, yes, you will. Yes, you will. And you're going to do great things. You're going to be fine. You're going to get out of here. So on all the nights that I was terrified, I hung on to the, you're going to do great. You're going to get out of here that Robin had told me. Well, he did well in the army, went to OCS, went to all the training, went to Vietnam, had his leg blown off. And the men and women in the army kept him alive. So he stayed that knot at the end of my rope. And that was when I knew then, I mean, he was probably about 13 because he was in the, Viet- in the Vietnam War. So I knew that I wanted to be an army nurse, but I had no idea that this scholarship would then open the world to me. Um, and it's just been incredible. The men and women that I've met and worked with, I couldn't ask for any better. I couldn't ask for any better. People look at me and see that, oh, here's this very successful general officer. She's been the CEO of a Fortune 50. You know, life's good. Well, life wasn't always good. Everybody needs to know that, you know, you may not have the support and uh, protection and safety and that, that we crave. You know, I certainly wanted my home to be a loving, safe place. And my mom worked really hard to make sure that 
we had a roof over our head and there was food and there was shelter. Um, we had clothes, but it was very unpredictable because of my father's violence. I think we have a choice in life. I think we can choose to look back or we can choose to look forward. Now, I know those things happen. There's no sense denying it. They certainly affected me, but I don't have to allow them to make me immobile. I don't have to live bogged down in that mire. I can say, hmm, well, I don't like what happened. I'd like to help other people to escape if they're in that kind of environment. I want them to know that they can escape, but I don't spend a lot of time looking backwards. And indeed, for an executive, a general, a world leader like Gail, she doesn't spend a lot of time looking backwards and has really felt that she's been able to help people find a way forward, even under the most extraordinary circumstances for that reason. So in this next story, she shares the moment when she helped a Marine become a Marine again, even after losing his sight. All he said was, I'm blind. And as I looked at him, he looked to me as though he was a deflating balloon, that he was just letting his life energy go. And I thought, hmm, there's tough love coming up. I said, well, what are you going to do? And he said, I don't know. All I've ever wanted to do is be in the Army, and now I can't be in the Army. I thought, hmm, okay. Uh, well, what'd you like about being in the Army? Oh, as a, I'm a ranger and blah, blah. And he starts getting pumped up telling me ranger stories. And so now I know how to hook him. And I said, you know, Lieutenant, I think you're lying to me. You know, in our integrity in the military makes the difference between someone being alive and dead. So that's just not something that we play around with. And so I knew I was going to piss him off. And he, you know, tensed under my arm. And I said, because... You can't be a ranger, because rangers aren't quitters. And if you're a ranger, you better stop telling people, because you're an embarrassment to anyone who was, is, or will be a ranger, because you're a quitter. And he rolls over and props himself up and screams at me, I told you I'm blind. And I scream right back, I told you you're a quitter. And he paused, and I said, you know, because I just feel he's getting ready to launch out at me again. And I said, I got other blind service members in the Army, so what the hell's your problem? You're a quitter. And he went absolutely silent. And he said, ma'am, nobody told me I could stay in the Army. Well, now I knew I had his attention. I could let him go. His wife called me that night, Evelyn, and she said, ma'am, I don't know why you came or who you really are. Um... But today's the first day that Ivan's been here. Now, uh, now Ivan is a captain in the Army and attending the infantry advance course. He has not skipped a beat. So now Ivan is just this incredible man. He's a triathlete now. He's been climbing mountains. He's been, you know, biking. I think he did six marathons last year. I got up to Boston to see him when he finished the Boston Marathon. And he and some of his colleagues that I am absolutely focused on helping now, we are going to demonstrate to the world that life does not stop if you've lost your sight. Collaboration is the key, according to Gail. And to the greatest leaders, it ends up being so fundamental to help people understand what impact they're going to have and why it really gives meaning to the project 
changes everything. It means that people are self-motivated because, I mean, who really wants to have to take orders? The best way that I found to get, whether it's individuals or groups, to work together is to help them to understand why it's in their best interest to do it. Asking people to do something if they don't understand really what's in it for them. How is it going to help them achieve their goals? They're not going to be interested. So if you can present the issue in a way that will resonate with them, then they're often willing to help. And I've been really pleased. I've been working with the Lions Clubs of Western Pennsylvania and Lions International now because historically they've been involved in low vision and no vision issues. They've been very supportive. They in turn then have introduced me to other organizations. So uh, it's through helping one another that we actually make that progress. You can't tell them what to do. They have to understand why it's important. They have to understand what your mission is and what your focus is and what their piece of that is. Once they understand what their contribution is and why it matters in the short, the medium, and the long term, depending on their perspective, they're ready to step up and do whatever is necessary to help you get the mission done. There are very few people who like to be told what to do. We want to understand why, why you want me to work for you, why you want my support, uh, but don't tell me what to do. That's the easiest way to probably turn off 95% of the population. You know, if I want the egg sucked, I need to just tell you to suck the egg. I don't need to tell you how to suck the egg. They will come up with solutions that you never would have dreamed of, and you go, wow, you got that done half the time at a higher level than I could have ever imagined. You know, fabulous. Thanks for listening to the Chief Executive Podcast. I'm Mark Thompson, and please don't forget to like and subscribe for more episodes every week.